This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Welcome back. And uh, this month, as we said, that we are celebrating September and we started a new series called The Book of Prayer. And hey, what is the book of prayer? It's the Bible. So we're going to be going through a couple of things on what it is that we need to know about prayer. We're going to give you different types of prayer. And over the next four weeks, that's what we're going to discuss. Four different ways of how we can pray and prepare. And we're going to be looking at what the Bible says about this. Amen, family. Also, remember is that we are celebrating starting from tomorrow. We we will be uh, starting our 21 days of prayer and that's what everybody's going to get involved in whether it's eight o'clock in the morning during our prayer time it's going to be phenomenal and then also for those of you that signed up to be part of our prayer groups and our prayer curriculum over the next couple of weeks it's going to be phenomenal 12 things that you need to know and understand about prayer so that's what we're going to be looking at so let me just talk to you this morning and uh, let's just tell uh, give you a little bit of feedback of what we've been doing we've been busy here at church and i believe and i declare listen to this now i want to hear the greatest shout out ever i believe in two weeks time we're going to be back in church i don't i just that's i'm prophesying that I, amen so we've been so busy here at church getting ready for that also we've been feeding our members those that are need those that have fallen on hard times we've been helping the homeless uh, giving them blankets we've been we refurbished a school Connor Moore a school for the disabled and uh, together with PSG we refurbished the school and we are making a great impact and it's all because of your giving amen family so we're really so uh, grateful for what you're doing so thank you for your contribution so we've been in lockdown and for some of us, let me just talk to you this morning as I start with my message, is that um, some of you have not known how should I respond to lockdown. Uh, some of you have been alone, some of you have been with family, some of you have been in different parts of the country, perhaps stuck in a place, maybe you've been overseas and you couldn't get back, and, and, and you just didn't know how to respond. Perhaps some of you even responded. You might say, Pastor Johnny, I think I responded incorrectly. I responded in fear and not in faith. And maybe you feel like you failed God in this time as you weren't that fervent. And this is really a time where you should have prayed, but you feel like you've even neglected your prayer. Come on, how many people am I talking to uh, here today, perhaps? Amen. And we understand that. And that's why we're going to refresh our prayer life. And we're going to restart. And uh, we're going to look at a better way uh, uh, how we can move forward in this time. And we're going to do this with pray. Amen. Are you guys ready for the message? So here we go. So look what the Bible says in Ephesians 6 and verse 18. And it says there, pray in the spirit in every situation, in every situation. Now, most people might say, Pastor Johnny, my situation is a church prayer. When I come to church, that's my situation. That's when I pray. Or maybe you say it's in my quiet time. And hey, can I say that for some of you, your quiet time has gone way too quiet. Amen. You can pray in your car, family. You can pray in the shower. You can pray right now while even watching the service. As you're busy working, uh, doing the dishes, doing, uh, uh, writing heavy documents or whatever it might be, you can pray wherever you need to be. Amen. And it, and it doesn't need to be long stints. It doesn't have to be two or three or four hours. You start wherever you are. I mean, you can pray before you make that most important telephone call or a very important call. You should pray, all right, and say, Lord, what do you want me to say to them, 
before I call them. Before you sign that agreement, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me about this decision? Amen. So we're going to pray first. That's, that is our motto for this month. Pray first before you do everything or anything. And we should have that mentality. Pray first, then hear what God is saying to us, and then we move on. So before we go to school, we pray first. Before we go to university, we pray first. Before we go to our job, we pray first. Before we make a serious decision about our lives, we, let me hear you, pray first first. Amen. And then it goes on to say, and use every kind of prayer and request there is. So in other words, we first of all see there is a situation when we need to pray, and then there are different kinds of prayer that we need to look at. Amen. So the book or the book of prayer or the Bible, there are various patterns. Even the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray. And he gave them a pattern on how to pray. Let me just illustrate it this way. Sometimes we get intimidated by prayer. Amen. Uh, many of you can relate to this. I remember the days when you were, uh, perhaps you uh, in your cell groups, and you're all holding hands, and you say, right, we're going to pray right now, and they'll be holding hands, and, and the pressure is that each and every person is supposed to say something during this time. And as you pray, you feel like the first two, three, four people, they've said everything, they prayed for everything, for the government, for the country, for the millies, for everything, for my niece, my cousin, and, 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 uh, and, and let's just hold it there, and... Uh, uh, you, you know, you're not sure exactly what it is that you're going to say when it comes to you. And eventually you might just say, no, just move on, just move on. And many of us sometimes feels intimidated by prayer. But we're going to debunk most of those myths today. Amen? Let me put it to you this way, family. You might need another kind of prayer. Because you've been praying the same way, the same words, and the same routine. Hey, may I even say, you're not even enjoying your prayer time anymore. So we're going to put some fresh air into our prayers. Amen. We're going to teach you what my pastor, Apostle Theo, taught me about prayers all these years ago. Okay. It's changed my life and I trust it will change yours. So here is the pattern I'm going to use today and it's called the prayer of Moses. So we're going to look at how Moses and the Israelites prayed, and we're going to use it as a pattern. We're not going to pray like the Israelites then because we're in a new dispensation, a new covenant, but we're going to pray the prayer of Moses. And as you know, Moses is regarded as a deliverer for the Jewish people, and he took them from Egypt, and he moved them all the way through to Israel, a journey that really should have taken about 10, 11 days or two weeks or so, but it took them 40 years to get to that place. But God wanted to meet with his people, and he wanted to meet, dwell, and worship with them. He wanted to meet with them, be present among them, and for them then to worship him. And so today, we're going to use that as a pattern uh, in our prayer life. Now, Moses obviously got the Ten Commandments written on stone, and God in those days dwelled in a tent called the tabernacle. But you and I know that today God lives inside of us and the law is written on our hearts and we worship him in spirit and in truth. We do not need a tent or we don't need the, 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 the tablets of stone. Amen. But it's important for us to follow a pattern and we're going to use this pattern in our New Testament understanding of how we can pray to God. Look what it says here in Exodus 25 and verse 8 and 9. It says, have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary. 
so I can live among them. God wants to live among us. Amen, family? And then it goes on to say, you must build this tabernacle and its furnishings exactly according to the pattern I will show you. So God shows us a pattern of how we are to do things, how we are to worship Him, how we are to engage with Him, how we are to speak to Him. Amen? So that pattern can serve as next steps or steps on or ways how we can pray. Now look at this picture here of the tabernacle that I want to show you. So this was the tabernacle or the tent of meeting where God would meet the Israelites. And as you can see, it's got this rectangular a uh, uh, hedge around it, a uh, wall uh, made by a linen cloth. And then you'll see there's a, a something here in the middle and something there and then another rectangular building there. And I'm going to be taking you through all of that and explain that to you. So what would happen as, 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 as the Israelites in those days, they would come and they would come and meet with God. Look what it says here in Exodus 33. It says, inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face. Today, I believe, I know, God wants to speak to you face to face every day in prayer. Where is your tabernacle of meeting with the Lord? You need to have a place where you can meet with God so he can speak to you face to face. Amen. You might say, yes, Pastor Johnny, but I'm no longer under the law. You know, we, we don't pray according to the tabernacle. It's just a pattern. I'm not saying that you must regress or go into the old covenant. I'm just saying, let's follow this pattern. In Matthew 5, 17, look what the Bible says here. Do not think that I've come, Jesus speaking, that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. You see, each and every law has been fulfilled through Christ, through the cross. Amen? So listen to this. The law is no longer there, but the meaning is there. And we find meaning as we pray. You see, this is some milestones that we can use. So let me make it simple, and let me make it very easy on an effective way of how we can pray, okay? So when we come into this tent of meeting, the first thing is that we come into the outer court Okay, and the purpose of the outer court is, first of all, to give God thanks. So family, before we come with our list, before we, we ask for anything, we thank Him. Before we give a, a list of things that we want Him to do, we thank Him. You see, listen to this, gratitude is one of the healthiest emotions you can have. Let's be grateful. Let's come with thanksgiving before the Lord. Amen? So, I'm just going to come and I'm just going to thank you, Lord, for what you've done. I give you all the praise. That's how I start my prayer. I, I'm not coming with a list yet, Lord. I'm just giving you praise. I'm giving you all the honor, all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. Come on, family. And I worship you. Thank you for the privilege for speaking face to face with you today. Look what the Bible says in Psalm 100 and verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, and give thanks to him and praise his name. Amen? That is our posture. That is our attitude as we come. The first step is to give him praise and to be grateful for what God has done. The next thing as we now in this tent area on the outside, we see this 
a, a, a thing called the brazen altar. And I've got a picture here that I can show you. So it looks like a braai almost, okay? And so it's this big box and it would have a grid on there. And on there, we would see dead animals and there would be a lot of blood all around in this area here. And the purpose of it is to, this altar is for the altar for the burnt offerings. All the burnt offerings would go on there and the offerings will be sacrificed unto the Lord. Amen? So that is the purpose of the brazen altar. Now, when I look at the brazen altar, I know that blood had to be sacrificed. I know blood had to be sacrificed at this place. And it leads me then to the second point, the brazen altar, here we focus on the cross. And we remember what the cross and what Jesus has done for me. Amen, family? So like in the old type that was sacrificed, that was given Jesus being the ultimate sacrifice, he gave his life, he is now sacrificed. And so when I come in my prayer time, I thank him. Thank you for being my sacrifice. Thank you for being my substitute for dying on the cross for me. You've taken all my sin away, Lord Jesus. And for that, I'm grateful and thankful. Look what the Bible says in Romans 5 and verse 6. It says here, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came, to, came at just the right time and died for us as sinners. Listen to me, friend. While we, you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. You can't say, but I earned it, I deserved it, I was in the right place, and now, therefore, I qualify. No, it, it, it doesn't work that way. And so I'd like to refer to it at this stage uh, where it talks about in the book of Isaiah that uh, Christ went through four stages of wounds, four wounds that he experienced. And look what it says here in Isaiah. It says, but he was pierced. I'm talking about the, the, the altar of sacrifice, the altar of crucifixion where Jesus was crucified. Not he was crucified there, but Jesus was crucified for us. I'm remembering this. And in Isaiah 53, the Bible says, and he was pierced. Note that word pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. Now let me just stop there quickly and let me just explain it to you guys, all right? Is that as we see in that scripture there, the transgressions that we're talking about here, the transgressions, this is where we have gone too far. We've crossed the line in our relationship with God. Iniquity speaks to um, who you are, the evil in you, the anger, the bad attitude. It is what you do, the iniquity in your life. And then thirdly is the peace for us so we can be free. Christ became our peace. No more depression, no more oppression, but he became the peace as those thorns went into his head, the pain that he took so that we can have peace. Then it says lastly, and by his stripes we are healed. We are healed. Family, listen to this. You have been healed in every place in your body. Every dis-ease has been healed by Christ dying on the cross for you. Amen? So we remember the cross and what Christ did for us. So when you go on a little bit further after uh, the altar of, of offering, we see there's another a round bowl and it's got a water in it and the water reflects as you come to wash yourself, you, it reflects you and there's mirrors in the bottom of this 
of, of, of this, a laver, as it's called. And let me just show you the picture here, the, the laver, the bronze basin. And it would have mirrors at the bottom. And when you looked into it, it would reflect yourself and the water would reflect it. And we would see ourselves and we would realize where it is that we've transgressed and we would clean ourselves and wash ourselves and our face and our, our minds and our, our body, we would clean it. You see, that's where you see and that's where you reflect and where you realize what you should protect. You should protect your mind. Wash away everything that is causing you to have a mind that's clouded. Protect your mouth. Watch what you're saying. Washing away of these things. Protect your motives. What is your attitude towards other people? So I find myself, I'm washing myself. I'm cleansing myself so that I can ready myself, my heart, my motives, my heart, my mouth, everything, so that I can meet with God. Now up till now, first of all, we had the area of sacrifice, which is the crucifixion of Christ. And we had the labor where we could go in and we could wash and cleanse ourselves. And these two items are on the outside. Now we are about to go into the holy place. Amen. Now, look what it says here. In, well, let me just say this before we do that. In Romans 12, the Bible says this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies. You see, we have to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Our body is not our own. We've got to lay it down. And as we wash and cleanse ourselves and prepare to meet with the Lord, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice unto God. As we now go into the small tent, the holy place, okay, we see that there was a candlestick standing on a table. That represents the fire of God, the power of God, the authority of God, the gifts in our lives, and the anointing upon our lives. Let's have a look at this uh, candlestick holder. And this is what it would look like, and it would provide light inside of this holy place. So the, hand, the candlestick invites the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. It shows the gifts of the Spirit in my life. It should illuminate my life, show the goodness of God, and my gifts should be demonstrated and work with power and with authority in my life. The Holy Spirit inside of me, use me, use my gifts, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Now look what the Bible says here. It says that uh, this is why I remind you to fan into flame the spiritual gifts God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and of timidity, but of power and of love and of self-discipline. Let me just quickly talk here about the uh, fan into flames, the spiritual gifts. We all, you've all received a spiritual gift, but you must develop it. Holy Spirit, as I pray now, as I've come into this place and I look at the candlestick holder, I say, Holy Spirit, fan into flame, blow on my coals. I'm blowing now on my coals. And I'm blowing and I'm making a demand on you. Fan into flame the gifts in my life. Sometimes when you come to church, it seems like your embers are barely burning. Amen, family. And so therefore we have to invite the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen. I mean, we've got to blow 
blow those embers so that we can fan into flame the gifts inside of you. So I pray, Lord, let the gifts, the fruit of the Spirit of God, let it work with power and authority. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-discipline. Okay? So on the other side of that room, when I look to the right-hand side, I see the table with fresh baked bread. And that is called the, the table uh, of showbread or the table with showbread. And here we see this table and on there would be 12 loaves of bread, freshly baked. Mmm, smelling so nice. I mean, how many of you smelled fresh baked bread? I mean, when it comes out, you just smell it. It just, I mean, and you put on butter on that and mm, yummy. I mean, that just tastes amazing, okay? And so that bread is, that's how we are to crave for God's word. The bread is God's word. It is the bread of life, amen? So that brings me to point number five, the table of showbread. The table of showbread is to claim the promises in God's word. So as I pray, I remind him of his word. I claim the promises in the word. I eat it like manna. I eat it like fresh bread every day. I crave the word. I crave the bread. Amen. The Bible says in Matthew uh, that Jesus answered and said, It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but because the bread represents the word of God, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. In other words, that comes from the word of God, that comes from the Bible. Amen. So you can take your app, you can read the Bible every day. I want to encourage you, read it in your app, read it in your Bible. Feed on God's word. Amen. We are not going to allow another culture to dominate us. We're going to allow the culture of the Bible, of the Word of God, that's going to be my standard. Amen. Not other cultures, but the Bible is going to be my standard by which I live. Amen, family. So look what it says in Ephesians. The Bible says, finally be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God. You see, when, you, when the Word of God, when you read the Word of God, you're putting on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray. You see, if you receive the Word, then you can pray. You cannot pray effectively if you don't understand the Word or you have the Word inside of you. Amen? So I've been, I'm in this room. I've seen the candlestick, the gifts of the Spirit, blowing, flowing, fanning into flame. I see the Word of God. It's fresh every day. I receive it now, and as I move now forward, the next item before me, before I step into the Holy of Holies, is a little altar with coals in it, and on top of it, incense will be put, and that incense will then permeate the air, and it smells so good. I mean, how many of you have been to the body shop, ladies? Especially maybe you guys can relate it. You've gone to the body shop, and when you go in there, it's like, ooh, yeah. It smells so good. I mean, you just want to hang out there all the time. And that's exactly what the holy place is all about. It's a sweet-smelling fragrance of the presence of God. Amen? So look at this picture here. So this is what this little altar would look like, the altar of incense. And it represents the presence of God. It represents the presence of God. So when we worship, it smells good. It's different to praise. You see, when you praise him, you praise him for what he did, for what he has done. But when you worship him, you worship him for who he is. 
You give him all the worth. Amen, family? Who is God to you? He is your redeemer. He is your sanctifier. He is your righteousness. He is your provider. He is your healer. Amen? Who is he? That's when you worship him for who he is. You don't praise him for what he's done. You worship for who he is. Because whatever you make a demand on is what you will receive. If you pray to him as the healer, healing is what you will receive. If you need provision, then that is what you will receive in Jesus' name. Amen? Now look what the, what the psalmist said about this. And it goes on to say, come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. I love this. It says here, come, let us bow down in worship. You see, family, every now and then, <laughs> you need to go low. You need to go on your knees. You see, a man on his face cannot fall from that position. Amen. A man on his face cannot fall from that position. And we need to do that on a regular basis. We just have to bow the knee, go down on the knee. The Bible says in Proverbs, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. When you go to the Lord, when you're on your knees, you can run to it and it is safe. A name is important. And in this case, his names are redemptive names. It can redeem me as I worship him. Amen, family? And then the last thing is that as I go through the curtain, I then encounter the Ark of the Covenant. Amen? Now the Ark of the Covenant, this was in the Holy of Holies. Only the high priest once a year could go in there. But because Christ died, and on the day that he died, the, the veil was torn into two, and you and I can now go freely into the holies of holies as often as we want, whenever we want, because the Spirit of God, the presence of God, no longer lives in man-made tents and homes, and he's no longer dwelling there between the cherubim, but he's dwelling inside of our hearts. Amen? But we've got to remember why He's given us that gift. Why that is so important in terms of the new covenant. The Ark of the Covenant, number seven. The Ark of the Covenant, here is where we can intercede for others. Because it's got to do with how God judges and, and the goodness of God. Look what it says here in Timothy uh, 2. And it says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made to all people for kings and all those in authority. So here we can see family, very, very important, that when we come here, I want you to know that once a year, the high priest would go into this area, and he would place the blood on the mercy seat. And here's the amazing thing. When God, because underneath that, in the ark, would be the Ten Commandments. And because of the blood that's applied, when God looked at the blood, he did not look at the law to judge people, but he looked at the sacrifice of animals then, and he passed over the people, passed over. Today, it's the same for us. God no longer looks at our transgressions or our sins. He looks at the blood. He looks at the covenant relationship that we have with Christ. And when he sees the blood, the sacrifice, we have received Christ as Lord and Savior of our lives, he passes over 
us because we're in right standing with Him. And we need to continue to be in right standing with Him. Amen, family. So we have to pray. We have to intercede for others. We have to intercede for our government. Even more so now, this is where it needs to happen. So now in summary, we need to pray as a church. We need to pray for our members. I pray for the marriages of our members. I pray for our members. I pray for their prosperity. I pray for jobs. I pray for the leaders of our church, that they would lead, that they would be effective in Jesus' name. Amen. I praise Him when I come in. When I come into the outer court, I praise Him. I come in and I praise Him. Secondly, I see the cross and I see the sacrifice that He's made for me. Thirdly, I reflect upon my life and I clean myself. I improve myself. I change the way that I do things. And then I see the light, the Holy Spirit fanning into flame the gifts into my life. I see the word, the bread, the provision, the blessing, the promises. I appropriate it in Jesus' name. And then I see the sweet smelling incense, the sweet smelling aroma of His presence in my life. And then I go and I see the mercy seat and I know that I've been forgiven. And because I've received this gift of eternal life, I have to pray for others. Prayer, family, should not be our or prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. Amen? So what is your next steps? And then starting from tomorrow, we're going to embark on 21 days of prayer from the 7th of September to the 28th of September. Every morning at 8 o'clock, we will be having prayer as well. Then we're starting our small groups curriculum. And if you haven't joined yet, Call your leaders, get involved, send us a mail, 4991. Say, hey, I want to get involved in the small group curriculum. This morning, I've given you a pattern on how you can pray. As I said earlier, perhaps your prayer has just become so stale, it's just not working anymore. And so I want to create an invitation to you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're watching us for the first time, or maybe you've watched us for years, I want to extend an invitation to you and you say, Pastor Johnny, my prayer life is not the way it should be. In actual fact, during this pandemic, I have perhaps even disappointed God. I haven't prayed correctly and, I, and I've just done it wrong. I feel like I've failed Him. I've gone so quiet in my quiet time that not even God can hear me. Hey friend, all you have to do is, is just to repent and say, Lord, here I am today. I'm going to follow the seven steps of the tabernacle to meet with you every day. And I will remember how it applies in my life and what you've done for me. So if that is you, at the count of three, I would like to lead you in a prayer. If you would like to make right with God, you want to make Jesus Lord and Savior of your life. Or secondly, you want to return and restore your relationship with Him. Or lastly, you want to have assurance of your salvation. If that is you, at any one of those three invitations, I'm going to give you now the opportunity to indicate. Now, you might be sitting all alone by yourself, but if you feel maybe a little bit embarrassed, we don't want to embarrass you. Just say in your heart, that's me. That's me. Say it out loud. Say, that's me. That's me. I want to receive Jesus. I want to restore my relationship. I want to have assurance of salvation. Now, friend, if you've made that decision right there where you're at, I believe thousands of people are right now making a decision. Let me pray this prayer with you. Say this after me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me. Thank you for dying on a cross, going to hell in my place so I can be free. I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord, as my Savior. And 
from this day, I promise to serve you with all of my heart. Help me to pray. Help me to become better at this. Help me to read your word and find your promises. I pray in Jesus' name. And if you agree with that, family, come on, give the Lord a mighty shout of praise. Hallelujah. We are so excited that some of you have made that decision today. And hey, come on, we would like to connect with you. So won't you text us on 4991, the word saved, and we would love to make contact with you in the days to come. Amen. So uh, if you want to know on what is your next steps, then just go onto our website. There's a video under the tab, Next Steps, and you can pray that prayer there as well. And Pastor Chris is going to tell you exactly the steps that you need to take to become part of the family. Amen, family? So um, if you want to lead in business or join a business group also, remember, just join us, uh, uh, write us a mail or let us know at groups at cfc.co.za and we will connect with you. Remember, folks, weekly prayer at 8 every day. And tonight, hey, let me talk to you about tonight. Tonight, I'm going to activate you. How many of you are ready to be activated? I'm going to activate you onto another level. We believing for something fresh, something new. I'm going to fan into flame. Those embers that are about to die, they're not going to die. I'm going to fan them into flame. And tonight we are going to take authority. We're going to be praying. We're going to be praying for a lot of things. But tonight, tonight's message and the activation, don't miss out. Don't, um, don't sit around the briefly fires tonight. You need to be at service. Amen. Do I have a great amen on that? Praise the Lord, family. Well, it's great having you guys here with us. Thank you for connecting with us. I've had a great time and I trust that you have received a pattern on how to pray in Jesus' name. God bless you guys, and we'll see you tonight at 5 p.m. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.